Welcome to Voices of Santa Clara. Having a good idea doesn't get you done. And if we'd hit those, there would have been an explosion. We would have died, obviously. Scholarship should cultivate the virtues. Worry more about, am I searching for what I should be doing next in the world? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Voices of Santa Clara podcast. I'm your host, Gavin Cosgrave, and this is episode number 21. A few housekeeping things before we jump into today's interview, a few announcements. First of all, I'm trying to feature more students on the podcast this quarter, and you'll hear several of those students in the next uh, couple episodes and over the course of the next few months. Just to give you an idea of how the podcast has grown, the Father Ang episode, which is the most popular, has 98 people that listen to that, followed by 70 who listened to the Karen Beck Dudley interview, and the Father Ang episode was also featured on the front page of the Santa Clara, which is the student newspaper here. So moving into today's interview, I'm talking with Renee Bumgarner, who has served as the athletic director at Santa Clara since 2015. Bumgarner captained the USC women's golf team when she was in college and then played an integral role in starting the Oregon women's golf team. She worked in administrative roles at Oregon and Syracuse before joining Santa Clara, and she has a mission of revitalizing the sports program, and you'll hear all about that in the interview. In this episode, we get into some of my big questions about athletics at a school known for its top-tier education in Silicon Valley. We discuss what success looks like and what steps are being taken to get there. We also explore Renee's personal golf career, her coaching philosophy, how she plans to get the student body involved, and how college sports will change in the next 20 years. This is a short and sweet conversation, and I started out a little skeptical that Santa Clara could have a successful sports program. But, as you'll hear, Renee convinced me otherwise, and I'm now a believer that great things are coming for Santa Clara sports. So please enjoy this conversation with Athletic Director Renee Bumgarner. So I'd love to start out by asking some about your childhood and about what role sports played for you growing up. Well, I grew up in a family of five, so I have an older brother and three younger sisters, and sports uh, had an integral part of our life. We played a variety of sports back then you could, volleyball, basketball, we skied, and, and golf was the lifeline that we all chose. Um, it was fun to compete against each other and compete against our friends, and I think that it just helped us become better leaders. Um, gave us great work ethic, um, goals. Every single one of my siblings played Division One golf. Hmm. And so I think it was a tribute to um, the sport background that uh, we developed at a very, very young age. Mm-hmm. Why golf? I feel like that's not the most common sport that kids want to play when they're growing up in school. Yeah, especially back then, golf was considered nerdy. So um, my dad was a great golfer and my brother uh, loved it as well. It was... Um, a sport that I fell in love with and then I would drag my sisters out with me because I wanted the camaraderie and they got good and loved it and so it was a sport um, that we could share as a family and obviously it gave us many opportunities um, with our education as well as travel and meeting incredible people so I think it just had a trickle-down effect and I was the lifeline that fell in love with it and 
and got everybody to come out and play. Hmm. And did that factor into your choosing a college? Did you want to definitely play? Oh, I wanted to play college golf. But mm-hmm. back then I was on the cusp of Title IX. Um, mm-hmm. I received a scholarship in 1983 and Really, I had thought everybody before me was able to get a scholarship and go play a sport that they loved to play in college, and that wasn't the truth. So I was very fortunate that I was given that opportunity, and um, I didn't stay in state because there weren't golf teams at Oregon and Oregon State back then. So I was recruited and went to USC and uh, appreciated that opportunity and, um, you know, don't look didn't look back at all, thought that, you know, it'd be great for my, me to personally to grow and to experience new things and um, to compete with my teammates, you know, compete with and against the best. Mm-hmm. How long did you think your career was going to last? Did you think you were going to be able to play beyond college or just in college? You or? know, I had aspirations of playing beyond college. Um, unfortunately, I had a sister that was killed in a car accident between my junior and senior year summer. And so plans changed. I decided to move back to Oregon and I was fortunate to start the golf team at Oregon. Uh, Again, um, for Title IX reasons, they gave us one scholarship and six years later I built one of the best programs in the country. Um, But I really felt the calling was to go home and to kind of switch gears and I don't regret it at all because I got my master's and PhD and fell into coaching and administration and um, have had an incredible uh, career. Yeah, I think I think we'll definitely come back to hit your time at Oregon. But I'm wondering if there were any any moments in college that you still remember really vividly from your experience on that team. You know, um, I remember uh, that we competed at the highest level. We had great success. But the most the thing that I remember the most and, and valued the most, even when I left, was the friendships that I developed with my teammates. We spent a lot of time together in the car and on the golf course and traveling and. Uh, we had a reunion last um, fall, and it was great to see everybody and to um, kind of just collaborate on our, our life together and, and the families that we've created, and um, those friendships will forever be with us. And so that's really what um, I value as I look back on my college experiences, that I have some incredible people that um, I got to know and love. Mm-hmm. With With sports like basketball or football, I can see how teamwork fits in very clearly to the the fabric of the sport but i'm wondering why is why is teamwork important in golf which people might think of more as an individual sure you know you count the best four out of five scores and so i think there's even more pressure that you don't want to let anybody down by shooting a poor poor score so um even though it is an individual sport you want to do your best so that your team can have success Hmm. Mm -hmm. and then Moving into your your time at, at Oregon, um, what was what was your coaching philosophy for that women's golf team, and kind of how did you get it started up? Because I mean, you made it sound like it didn't exist before you got there. So um, the men's golf coach, you know, really what at the time was just focused on the men's program and said, you know, I really, you have three questions and three questions only. And so I said, do you have any players? He said five, they can't break a hundred. And I thought, well, that's a problem. (laughs) And then do you have a budget? No, not really. And then do you have a schedule for us to play? And he goes, you have to drive to Stanford because your budget's so bad. So I had um, obviously been part of one of the best programs in the country and just took that template and decided I was going to find the B-plus players and turn them into A's and that we were going to work harder than everybody else. And uh, that formula worked, and we had great success um, at a school that nobody thought, with the resources that we had at the time, should or could be successful. 
Hmm. How did you convince players to join that team when you didn't have any track record? I, I think I convinced them that the Pac-10 was a great place to play. You were going to play against some of the highest caliber in the country. Uh, that we have wonderful golf courses, that they were going to get an incredible education, and that they were going to become better um, in the classroom, uh, on the golf course, and really as individuals. And I think that the culture that we created was what was the greatest sell, is that you're going to come here, you're going to work hard, but you're going to have some fun too. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you also moved into some more administrative roles, I take it, at Oregon. So why did you choose to do that, and how did you get into those areas? Well, I was very fortunate that I was asked to be the SWA, and I was the golf coach at the time. And then I did that for a couple of years, and I had two kids, two jobs, and something had to give. Mm-hmm. So I decided to uh, retire from coaching in 2000. My athletic director was incredible at the time. Bill Moose said, you can retire when you want. And then I um, moved full-time into administration, and um, it was the perfect storm. I I ended with an incredible group of young women that went to the nationals. We were leading after the first day, and we finished 11th. But um, looking back, I wouldn't have changed that script whatsoever. I got to end on uh, my terms and got to start a new chapter, which I was really excited about. Did you ever miss coaching? I do miss coaching. I miss it in the fall when the student athletes are coming back. And then I miss it in May when it's time to go, when it's you're competing at regionals and you're competing at nationals. Um, I, I do miss that every year and it still has not gone away. I think it's just in my blood. Why well, Why did you move on after being in, in Oregon? What was next after that? So at the University chapter? of Oregon, I was there for you know 22 years, started in 1987. Um and was part of a team that really, you know, got to watch it transform um, beyond, I think, our wildest dreams. And I had had a lot of the internal stuff, the weight room, you know, I oversaw the treatment center, uh, operations and events, and many, many teams. And I wanted to have the external on my resume, because if I was going to become a Division One athletic director, I needed the tickets, the marketing, the fundraising formally on my resume. So I got an incredible opportunity to move to Syracuse and was there for four years. And I think that that just helped me have an incredible opportunity to get the job at Santa Clara. Hmm. All right. And then moving a little more into your time at Santa Clara, what things did you notice when you started out the job that maybe you weren't expecting to find here? Well, the one thing that um, impressed me the most and when I came on the visit to, you know, when I was interviewed was to really uh, look at the people here, you know, that the Father Ng and the trustees and the, and the cabinet were going to invest in intercollegiate athletics, that they put this Blue Ribbon Commission report together and they were serious about it. And it gave me great hope that the um, individuals before built this incredible university and such high academics, and now they were going to invest in athletics. So it was the perfect storm to really come in and transcend um, the athletics to match the academic excellence. Hmm. And then... What, what types of things do you do on a day-to-day basis? Because obviously you oversee so much of, I mean, every, everything that happens athletically here, but what, what, what does that translate into in terms of your schedule on any given day? Well, I love being an athletic director because my days are 
different. There is not a day that I have the same schedule. And so whether I have meetings um, within my staff, coaches, um, donors, uh, I serve on a lot of different committees, cabinet, for example, I go over to campus and try to get involved as much as possible because I feel like athletics is just one division in this university and it's an important area and we all need to work um, together to achieve um, the university's goals and objectives. Uh, so my day is different. I love to go to practice. I love to go to the competitions. I think that that is the highlight of my week. And it's funny because people say, oh my gosh, your weeks must be so busy. But really our weekends are even busier because we have so many um, events with all the variety of sports that we have on, on our campus. How important is the fundraising aspect of it? And how do you convince fundraisers to donate you know, we um, have a wonderful uh, plan with the Blue Ribbon Commission report, and so we are uh, taking the suggestions in that report and laying out basically a strategic plan. We're getting people excited about, you know, hiring Herb Sendick, a proven win winner um, head coach, is the first time that Santa Clara has really hired a proven head coach. So it kind of has the trickle-down effect. We have Jerry Smith, the legendary coach that has had successful teams year in, year out, won a national championship. So we just go out and tell the story. We sell the story. We get people excited about what we're doing. And then in return, they, they donate and want to help, um, you know, our student athletes and our coaches achieve their goals and objectives. One of the, the big questions that I'm really wondering about, um, I'll start with a little intro. So you started at, at Oregon, a huge school known nationally for their athletics, finishing um, top nationally in many different programs um, and I've I've been up there I've seen the facilities that it's pretty it's pretty incredible and and then at, at, at Santa Clara we're you know the student bodies are a little over 5,000 um, and we don't we, we, we don't have the football team but um, w within our other teams I guess there's not there's not that national recognition so how important is winning and if winning isn't the only thing that matters then how do you determine success? Well, starting in Oregon, um, we didn't win. You couldn't pay mm -hmm. people to go to football games. And so we put together a plan and believed in that plan. And that's really what I'm trying to do at Santa Clara. So we put a plan together and get the belief and the courage to be able to do it. I truly believe we can rise up and be competitive in all of our sports. You know, we only have eight sports that are fully funded with the maximum amount of scholarships. Have similar to Oregon when I started there. And so it's just going to take time. It's going to take belief. It's going to take energy. It's going to take courage. And with all of that in a component, getting people to believe that we can do this in time, Santa Clara will be successful in the, in athletics. And I truly believe that, or I wouldn't be sitting here today. Hmm. Mm -hmm. For, for, I guess, students that are, that are in the program now that might not be around to see that time like what would you tell that student or why should they s still participate I guess or give their their full effort if it might not translate into those wins well I think that um, it's really interesting that um, student athletes come to Santa Clara one for an incredible education two because Silicon Valley what a beautiful campus but three they want to compete at the highest level they truly want to go win conference and national championships and we're kidding ourselves if these student athletes don't come to Santa Clara with that philosophy so um, we are just putting the pieces in place to give them the opportunity to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. How do you think about 
balancing education and sports for these students because obviously Santa Clara it you know does have that great caliber of academics as well and I know for some for some schools in um, you know you read in you read in the headlines that sometimes academics are kind of compromised when they have that win at all costs culture so how do you think about that well having my PhD I value um academics. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the single most important thing for our student athletes is to come in here and and get a degree and walk across that stage. And so we're going to provide the resources for everybody to be able to do that. Um, And so I think that you can have a a great balance. The only thing is, is that they have to be willing to sacrifice that maybe they won't be able to go out and be as social as their roommate that's a Mm non-student athlete. So I think that we have our balance in in place for them to be successful. Mm -hmm. And um, they wouldn't be at Santa Clara if they didn't want to excel in academics and athletics. Mm -hmm. How do you think about... Uh, student participation in terms of the whole student body in Santa Clara sports? Or how do you try to get students to come out and support sports? Well, we've worked really hard on that. We have um, bought a new app so that all students can sign up and know when events are transpiring. Mm -hmm. Uh, We move the students to a section where they can actually have an impact on the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have tons of giveaways. The bottom line is, though, is that we need to win. And if we can win, then the students are going to come and support their team. And um, I think the most encouraging thing for me is that the student body and working with ASG um, is doing a great job crescendoing into coming to games and being part of the six man to help our student athletes on the court or on the field, you know, win, win their game. So um, our marketing department has done a great job trying to engage our students, our fans, our community um, to come in and support these student athletes. Hmm. What do you think is the most challenging part of your job? I think the most challenging part is changing the culture. You know, for 25 years, Santa Clara has not invested in athletics and Hmm. Again, Father Ng and the trustees through the Blue Ribbon Commission report are investing. And so we have to catch up. We have 25 years we're behind. And so we're going to catch up slowly but surely. But we need to be patient. We've got to give them time. We've got to you know, have courage. And we've got to believe that this can get done. And I think we're sensing it now. Um, we've made some coaching changes. And um, student athletes are having success. And I think in a couple of years... Um, their hard work is going to pay off and um, the university is going to reap benefits Mm -hmm. from the success that they're going to have on the court and on the field. Mm -hmm. Are scholarships a really key part of that? Like, Do you think Santa Clara would need to match the levels of scholarships to some of these bigger schools to be successful? I think scholarships would definitely help. Mm -hmm. And we're working on that plan. You Mm -hmm. know, the second phase of the the campaign, which I probably shouldn't say, but anyway, the second phase mm-hmm. is for scholarships. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we're going to do our part in raising money um, for for our student athletes to be able to come and our programs to be fully funded. Mm-hmm. So, the, so the size of Santa Clara doesn't really compromise us in any way? No, think? no. I think mm-hmm. we can be very successful in the West Coast Conference and successful nationally. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I feel like we're poking the bear, and when the bear wakes up from hibernation, everyone's going to go, oh, please go back. <laughs> you know, we like Santa Clara the way it was, and I think the new day is is dawning. Hmm. 
How do you think college athletics is going to look different in 20 years? Do you think it's going to be different? Oh, yeah. I have no idea what it's going to look like, but I know that it's changed in the last five years. And Mm -hmm. then the next five years, it's going to change. I do know when they start paying student athletes that Mm -hmm. I might have to uh, exit out of intercollegiate athletics. I think the value Mm -hmm. of a scholarship has been lost. And, um, you know, student athletes are walking out with this incredible degree with that mm-hmm. are debt free, and that's just a gift beyond gifts. And they've earned that gift through their talents. Um, and I hope the amateurism line stays where it is um, mm-hmm. and doesn't keep getting pushed further. Because mm-hmm. um, for me, who started as a student athlete, valued a scholarship as a coach. Mm-hmm. You know, I handed out scholarships. Um, it would just be really hard for me to wrap my arms around. Um, if that changed. Hmm. That's, that's interesting. So I can see, so obviously Santa Clara doesn't have a football team and football is probably the largest college sport, but you think that even if colleges are raking in maybe millions and millions of dollars from say a football program that the students still don't deserve any of that money. Well, I, I, I think that, um, that there's many programs that aren't reaping in millions and millions of dollars. Um, and there's a lot of reasons for that. And so I think the NCA and institutions like ourselves have done a really good job with cost of attendance to give additional stipends. Um, I think it would be really valuable for us to, you know, talk about the value of uh, education through a scholarship at Santa Clara. It's not just your scholarship, um, those who qualify for cost of attendance, those who qualify for Pell Grants, um, it's the coaching, it's the travel, it's the gear. I mean, you add all of that up and it's, it's a significant first job salary. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Are there any unique, um, maybe partnerships or ways that you're thinking about combining technology and sports being in the location that we are in Silicon Valley? Are there, are there any ways that Santa Clara can kind of like take the lead or be unique in that aspect, do you think? Yeah, I think we look at it in our sports performance and our sports medicine areas, that's for sure. And then just in um, when we put together Hall of Fame or champions, we have a, you know, a facilities master plan. You know, I would like to use technology to be able to showcase Santa Clara University. Mm -hmm. And I think we're in the perfect part of the world to be able to utilize, um, you know, a lot of Santa Clara donor skills and be able to make sure that we have one of the best digital, you know, opportunities for a variety of areas. Hmm. Mm -hmm. What are you most proud of so far in the three or so years that you've been here as athletic director? You know, I think the thing that I'm most proud of is, is, is our branding. You know, uh, we went to Nike and they, um, went back to the style and class SC and they gave us a collegiate font. Um, we have a beautiful new floor that's one first of its kind in intercollegiate athletics and in the NBA. It's an actual picture of the Mission Church, which is iconic Santa Clara. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to help us um, in the next phases of what we're trying to accomplish because we want people to know it's Santa Clara. We want them to get excited about it. Mm-hmm. And then building on that momentum, we can do some incredible things. Hmm. And then looking, looking just a couple years into the future, maybe three to five years into the future, if a student were to come, um, what would they, what would they notice? What's going to be different? What are your kind of goals for the next couple of years? 
You know, I think we're going to have some great success in, in our programs. I can see students getting in a line and uh, waiting for basketball games and trying to get in. Um, I can see donors begging for seats. And uh, because we have such a small venue anywhere, it's not small in comparison to other West Coast Conference schools, but, you know, 4,100 seats, um, it's going to be a hot ticket. And mm -hmm. it's just going to have an incredible trickle-down effect um, for the other programs and for Santa Clara University. Awesome. Well, I'd love to wrap up with a couple shorter questions sure. here. So first of all, are there any favorite places that you've traveled? You know, I loved Italy. I went mm. to Italy um, with our men's basketball program uh, two summers ago, and I loved the people and the food and the wine and the weather. Um, it was great. I'm glad to hear that because I'll be studying abroad there in the fall, actually. <laughs> Congratulations! In, in Bologna. So oh, I'm wow. Looking, I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad you say that. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. Um, are there any favorite books or books that you would recommend that students check out and read? I love Shoe Dog by Phil Knight and mm -hmm. how he built Nike. Um, it's um, having known Phil, I, I think just mm -hmm. it talks about perseverance and, um, you know, when you get knocked down, you get back up. And if you keep believing and you keep working hard and you surround yourself with some incredible people, you can actually achieve, you know, your goals and your dreams. Finally, what does an ideal Saturday look like for you? I know you've mentioned that your job is kind of a seven days a week job, but if you ever do get a chance to relax, what do you like to do? It's funny. My Saturdays um, when I, well, we should probably make it a Sunday because I rarely okay. have Saturdays <laughs> off, but you know, I like to go to mass mm -hmm. and um, then be a mom, you know, mm -hmm. do the grocery shopping, do some laundry. Um, just catch up on the little things that I haven't been able to do over the past week. Um, it's really, we have events on Sundays, but it's not as many. Mm -hmm. And so um, try to relax a little bit and get ready for my week. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing this conversation. Yeah, I really appreciate great. it. Thank you. Very good. Thank you again for listening to the show. As you probably know, you can check out the website at VoicesOfSantaClara.com. You can like the Facebook page, and you can subscribe on the podcast app to get all the future episodes. See you next time.